Matt Schauf and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to talk through the top five running back options on the week two waiver wire. Whatever position you're looking to add, you should head to DraftSharks.com. Now, check out our first waiver wire pickups article of the year. It's a bulked up version of our free agent focus series if you've been with DraftSharks for a while. We rank the top options by position throughout. We give bid recommendations by percentage of your waiver budget. So we're not saying go put $17 on this guy because we know all the budgets are different and your situation might be different. So we give you a range of bid recommendations. There are options for deep leagues. If you're used to reading waiver articles and being like, yeah, all those guys are already owned in my league. We got you covered with the deep section there. We're also going to highlight one of those deep level players as more of a stash in the grab this guy section. Somebody that's probably not helping you for the upcoming week, but that you should stash for later on because he's got big upside. And of course, we got a favorite streaming defense pick because lots of people are out there streaming defenses and you should be as well. So check that out. We got all that. We've got more info on the guys we're going to talk about here in that article. But Jared, we're going to switch over now to actually talking about those promised top five running backs. And I think we got to start with the Eagles, Kenneth Gainwell, one of the surprise performers of week one, just because he dominated work in that game against New England. Right. Not a surprise that Gainwell led the way because we've kind of heard whispers of that throughout the summer um, that he'd kind of been, you know, the Eagle running back getting the most touches with the first team this summer. Definitely a surprise, though, the extent to which Gainwell led the backfield. I mean, I didn't think we'd get a game like this from the Eagles backfield all season where one guy you know, commanded this much of the work. Gainwell played 62% of the Eagles offensive snaps, uh, handled 14 of the 16 running back carries, got four targets, a 12% target share. Also, Gainwell, both carries inside the Patriots 10-yard line for the Eagles. So he was also, you know, the goal line back. Now, again, this is probably going to be an evolving situation. Uh, I don't think Gainwell's going to get this type of usage every week. But just the possibility that he can get this type of usage in such a strong offense, um, to me, makes Gainwell pretty easily. He's a he's a tier above the rest of these running backs for me as far as, you know, waiver wire targets for the week. Agreed. And especially with the way it started out the season, like that Philly had all of camp and then their first game looks like this for running back usage. You have to at least entertain the possibility that Gainwell is the clear backfield leader through the season. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the work distribution changes even this week significantly because they're on the short week against Minnesota and Gainwell's dealing with at least a minor rib issue. It didn't seem to take him out of the game against New England at all, but he was listed as a non-participant in their projected participation on Monday where they just had a walkthrough. So we'll watch that situation. We'll see about Thursday night again. It's a short turnaround, so I wouldn't be surprised if they ease up on him a little bit, especially depending on how game flow goes. But if I ever need it running back, if I just lost J.K. Dobbins or just otherwise came into the season with a softer running back crew and need some help, I'd be going hard after Kenneth Gainwell on waivers this week. Number two, another option that's probably more surprising than Kenneth Gainwell Kyron Williams for the Rams, he not only had a role in that surprisingly easy opening win over Seattle, he had the bigger role. He scored two first half touchdowns for the Rams. He was ahead of Cam Akers and carries until late in the fourth quarter and dominated receiving work. So Kyron Williams, for me, I agree that he's a tier below Kenneth Gainwell, but there's also separation between him and the other running backs. Yeah, Williams already looks like the better Rams running back for, you know, week two fantasy line. I'm if you head over to draft tracks right now, where week two rankings are up and you'll see Williams ahead of K-Makers. Now he gets the 49ers this week, grab him, but I, I wouldn't want to start Kyron Williams this week because of that matchup. But I think the big thing you alluded to was the passing game usage, right? 74% 
route rate for Kyron Williams versus just 10% for Cam Akers. Both guys scored touchdowns. Kyron scored twice. Kyron Williams got three of the carries inside the 10 to Cam Akers two. Um, so that kind of, you know, looks like, you know, something close to an even split going forward. But it's the, the pass catching involvement that I think, you know, at least that, that at minimum makes Kyron Williams the better fantasy bet going forward. Um, you know, I, I'm still not super excited about the upside here because I don't think Kyron Williams is an exciting player. And I still don't really believe in this Rams offense. I mean, we'll see. It looked good in week one, you know, even without, Cooper Cup, you know, Sean McVay is still, I think, you know, one of the better play calls in the NFL. So maybe this offense surprises, but I still think what we saw from the offense in week one is, you know, going to be one of one of the better performances we get from them this season. Yeah, it's entirely possible that the Rams were a complete illusion in week one. I, I mean, I, I know that none of us will expect them to beat teams that handily going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just not that good the rest of the way. But, you know, at this point, we're guessing on what we saw and what we definitely saw was Kevin Williams getting a ton of work in that backfield. So he's somebody to grab if he needs some help at running back. Number three on the list is somebody who should just be a handcuff, but might come into play as soon as week two. It's Joshua Kelly for the Chargers. And Jared, we already expected him to be the number two running back for the Chargers. So he's, of course, on plenty of rosters, but also available widely and might even be more than a handcuff based on how the Chargers used him in that loss to Miami on Sunday. Yeah, Kelly started mixing in for Eckler like right away. I, I noticed that on the first drive for the Chargers and the snaps ended up being 38 for Josh Kelly to 40. 31 for Austin Eckler. Um, both guys got 16 carries. Uh, and Josh Kelly was good. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry. He was second in PFF rushing grade among all running backs, or at least, you know, running backs with I think I used eight plus carries as the cutoff. So it was, you know, well over 30 running backs. Kelly second in PFF rushing grade last week. Obviously, he's not going to do you know, a ton in, in the passing game as long as Eckler's healthy, just one target for Kelly. And the other thing to note here, too, one of the biggest surprises to me. In week one, the Chargers went 52.6% run in that loss to Miami. That's not going to continue, but it's possible under new OC Callum Moore that, that they run it a bit more than they did, you know, previously in the past few years, you know, with Justin Herbert. And that'd be good news for Josh Kelly. I guess to me, the takeaway is, you know, don't expect Kelly and Eckler to combine for 32 carries again the rest of the season. But I mean, if the Chargers run a bit more and Kelly gets even, you know, like 40% of the running back carries, he could be a guy who's getting, you know, 10 or so carries every week. Yeah. And in a Chargers offense that we expect to be good and we expect to be better than it was against Miami, uh, he's somebody that if you're in trouble at running back and you don't like any of your options, you can say, okay, I'll put in Chargers RB2. And, you know, like we said, Eckler is dealing with an ankle issue that apparently popped up during the game. We'll see if it actually affects his availability for week two, but you know, that it's even there at all highlights the ultimate upside to Kelly. Even if Eckler misses time, Kelly's not going to be close to Eckler as a receiver, but he's certainly going to be the top running back in that backfield in an offense that we expect to be productive. The numbers four and five running backs that we're going to talk about here are combined because they're on the same team and it's Justice Hill and it's Gus Edwards and Jared so first of all, J.K. Dobbins went down in that game sad because it looked like he was going to control the backfield the way that we were hoping he was going to. The day was starting off perfectly. But after he went down, we saw a dead even split, basically completely even between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. Why does Justice Hill sit just ahead of Edwards for you in waiver pickups this week? 
Yeah, just looking at that usage quick between Hill and Edwards after Dobbins left, Edwards outcarried Justice Hill eight to seven. Dwayne McFarlane of Fantasy Life had the snaps and uh, pass routes after Dobbins went down. It was 41% of the snaps for Justice Hill to 38 for Gus Edwards, 33% of the pass routes for Hill versus 27 for Gus Edwards. So a slight lead for Hill in terms of both snaps and routes. Hill got both carries inside the five-yard line after Dobbins went down, scored on both of them. Edwards did get a carry on a two-point conversion and converted that so you know i think we still need to see i expect the carries to be split almost down the middle at least out of the gate i think hill's the better fantasy grab off waiver wires because of that potential in the passing game i mean gus edwards has for his entire nfl career been a zero in the passing game hill was a decent pass catcher in college has shown some flashes of pass pass catching ability in the NFL. Even, you know, last year, uh, justice Hill ran 129 pass routes for the Ravens. That was second among their running backs. He does have 25 career catches. That's seven more than Gus Edwards. Edwards has played like a season or two more. It's going to be a a committee. Melvin Gordon might even get involved and make this a three-way committee. I think the Ravens are a candidate to add a running back, you know, whether it's, I mean, the big move would obviously be Jonathan Taylor, which would be kind of fun. Um, but if it's not, not him, you know, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette are still out there. So we'll see if it's, if it's a two-way committee, you know, I think Hill and Edwards are guys we can probably consider using as like RB threes or flex. If it becomes a three-way committee, it's going to be a bit trickier to trust any of these guys in fantasy lineups. For their careers, Hill averages 0.6 receptions per game to Edwards is 0.3. Um, For their shared time, which starts in 2019, and they both missed 2021, Edwards leads Hill 8.9 carries per game to 4.4. So to me, it's just there's nothing to clearly put either guy ahead of the other. Um, I don't think either is a great bet for production, and I don't think there's any reason to expect Baltimore to use one a lot more than the other. For me, the biggest gap this week is that Justice Hill scored two touchdowns, so people are going to be chasing him on waivers. (laughs) That's going to make me the one who's not buying him because he's not worth what people are. I can tell by the questions on our discord, on Twitter, on wherever else, Justice Hill or this guy, how much should I pay for Justice Hill? I'm like, well, my answer is not as much as somebody else, because we already mentioned three other running backs that we collectively like better on this list. And I don't think there's any real separation between Hill and Edwards. So if I can pay less for Gus Edwards, I'm going to do that. It's a situation worth betting on overall. I'm not sure we're going to get somebody that's a difference maker between these guys as long as both of them stay healthy the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I do wish Hill hadn't scored twice. Um, you know, that that's gonna definitely make him tougher to acquire on waiver wires. Um, a few more things on this. I would say, you know, I think we, we're still high on the Ravens offense, right? I mean, week one was, was a little underwhelming. That Texans defense might be better under D'Amico Ryans than, than we expected. Um, so, so still want pieces of the Ravens offense. I still think the running backs are going to be more involved in the passing game than they were under Greg Roman. I think, I think JK Dobbins uh, saw three targets in the first half of that game over the weekend. So, you know, again, that that's kind of um, a mark in Hill's favor, I think. And then last thing, going back to the preseason, Justice Hill did start over Gus Edwards in that first preseason game. Edwards then didn't play in the final two preseason games. And Justice Hill just looked really good in the preseason. He had five carries for 73 yards. He ranked seventh among 135 qualifying running backs in PFF rushing grade in the preseason. Again, it's just based on five carries, so tiny sample size. But I, I just liked what I saw from him, and he was sort of a guy – I was interested in a little bit as like a super late round flyer, even heading into the season. 
if you can get either of these guys for a modest price, I think they're fine. I think it's also worth noting that Hill has averaged 5.9 yards per catch in the pros and just 6.2 yards per catch for his college career. So he's the smaller guy. He's the one that you look to between them and think he's probably a better receiver, but he hasn't really showed us a whole lot on that front. So we'll see. I think the best stance is to not go too crazy on either of these players. No, I agree. And if you're prioritizing the three guys, we, you know, listed ahead of the Ravens running backs, you're, you're probably not going to get Hill or Edwards through that scope. I'm kind of glad that justice Hill scored twice to maybe give me a better shot at grabbing one of those <laughs> other running backs. If you want to know what players make the most sense for your specific situation, check the free agent finder on DraftSharks.com. It syncs directly with your league to know your scoring and lineup settings, as well as which specific players are available right now in your league. It works for offensive players. It works for team defenses, even works for IDPs. So check it out and stick with DraftSharks.com for all the content and tools you need to win your season. 